Hi everyone, welcome back to Taking On Your 20s. I'm your host, Carla Nazaire, and let's take on our 20s together. So before I even get into this week's episode, I need to talk about what I watched regarding Britney Spears. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a new, like, there's a docuseries on Hulu, and I think it's by Fox, where each episode they basically have a mini documentary on a different person or a different thing. I haven't seen the other ones. I only watched the one on Britney because I was like, what is going on? So a little backstory. If you've been on TikTok or even on social media, I'm sure you've seen that there's some sus shit going on with Britney's conservatorship, her life, people saying like free Britney, that she's controlled. Um, and I remember seeing that months ago and I was like, ooh, like, Everything Britney's posting, all these signs seem to be that maybe she isn't completely herself or completely able to be herself. And then I watched the documentary. And let me tell you, I 100% recommend you going to watch it. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to like go too into detail. But basically, this is like well-known information. She's in a conservatorship, which is where somebody else manages like your money where you go who sees you and specifically for Britney Spears who's a performer like what shows and events you can perform at and normally conservatorships are used for people who are like old and really cannot manage their money or maybe they have like Alzheimer's or dementia and the whole point of the conservatorship is that you give it like a trusted person is managing your things just in case let's say somebody who has Alzheimer's may legitimately be like coerced into giving their money away or be scammed or something so having the conservatorship is good because they don't have control of it and it's beneficial to that person now Brittany got into her conservatorship 12 years ago when she was having her little like what people saw as a mental breakdown when she shaped her head when she like bash somebody's car in with an umbrella. Now, I have my own personal opinions about that. I don't think she was really going crazy. I think this was somebody who was young, who rose to fame very quickly, wasn't used to all the paparazzi, wasn't used to always having people around her. She came from a small town in the South. So it's like, it's not even like she's from New York City, always used to being around people all the time. So I think she got overwhelmed by all of that. And then eventually she started asking paparazzi to leave her alone. They wouldn't do that. I think her shaving her head was a statement of like, okay, you guys want to take a picture of me? Well, what are you going to take a picture of? Like my face, my face is everywhere. You can't get a new hairstyle. You can't sell pictures of me like with a specific look or something like that because I shaved my hair off. Um, and I, in the documentary, they say at the same time she was going through like a custody battle with her kids and her ex-husband. And I think that really drove her to like just losing her temper quickly. So the famous picture of her bald headed with an umbrella is because she had asked the paparazzi, stop filming, you stop recording. They weren't listening to her. So she took an umbrella and started to like smash the windows in the person's car, which isn't like a reasonable response. But at the same time, it's like, I know if somebody was up in my face with a camera and I told them to stop and they didn't, then the only like 
alternative I can use is physical force. So like people happen to get a well-known famous person on camera using physical force. So she went to her, um, went to like some sort of facility for that. And they claimed that she wasn't there enough to manage her own things. And what's crazy to me is while watching the documentary, they even admit that Britney said she doesn't say no to the conservatorship. She doesn't even fight it. Her only want was that her father couldn't manage it. She didn't trust him. They didn't really have that much of a relationship. She didn't want him to manage the conservatorship. Yet she's man like he ends up managing it. And for the last 12 years, he has been managing it. Now, my question is, why couldn't her mom manage it, who she trusted? Why couldn't her sister manage it? Why, Brittany even asked that she wanted the banks to manage her money. She didn't want her dad managing the money. She would rather have the banks just hold on to it and manage it for her. Why didn't anybody listen to her wants? And the tough thing with the conservatorship is they make it seem like once you're in it, that since you're in it because you can't make decisions for yourself, now you can't make the decision of who you want as your conservator because you can't make decisions for yourself. That's why you're in the conservatorship anyway, which is why I think she's so like trapped in this because no matter what she says or what she does or who she talks to, it's like, okay, well, you can't get out of it and you can't ask somebody else to be your conservator because you are in this conservatorship in the first place. So it's like her credibility is lost, which what doesn't make sense to me is that she was like a host and a judge on, I think it was American Idol, might have been X Factor. I'm pretty sure it was American Idol. So it's like you have her on these shows judging singers. You have her putting on elaborate performances, doing dances and songs and like doing all these shows but you're still saying she can't manage her own things. That doesn't make sense. She seems to be managing herself just fine. Like she's putting on whole dance numbers and working out like crazy and singing at the same time and meeting these fans, but she can't manage her own things. I don't know. Seems super suspicious. I personally think when she was going through her mental breakdown, somebody got a hold of her finances of her things of being able to decide where she goes and when and who sees her and for the last 12 years has not wanted to let it go because that's a lot of power to have Britney makes a lot of money so they don't want to let that go so now they're fighting that to this day 12 years later she still can't manage her own things I think she's fine I think the whole free Britney protest is 100 percent valid i think she should be freed at least be free from the conservatorship for a certain amount of time to see if she can manage herself and then if she can't go back to it like no one says she can't go back to it if she seems to be acting out in any way but those are just my two cents i had to talk about it because it was really crazy i recommend you go watch it or you can play it in the background since it's a documentary you don't have to see you can listen you can put it on while you're like remote working at home or whatever it is um highly recommend into this week's episode we are going to talk about college culture and most specifically why 
hookup culture in college is toxic. I think hookup culture is toxic and it has its pros and positive aspects, but there's a lot of toxicity in it that makes, at least in my perspective, women many times feel some type of way, let's say. Let's get into it and then we'll talk more about that exactly. So college culture in general can be very toxic. It can be toxic in relationships. It can be toxic with friendships. It can be toxic with your relationship with your parents because as you grow, now they're trying to hold on to you and you're like, no, let me be, I'm independent. But hookup culture within relationships specifically can get very toxic because there is an expectation of not having expectations, if that makes any sense. So for example, like it gives way to the excuse of like, yes, if you hook up with somebody one time, there may not be a reason to have an expectation for more than that because it was a one-time thing. Maybe you never saw them again. So of course, how are you gonna expect that person to maybe want a relationship or something like that? But I think hookup culture gets toxic when you are hooking up with somebody, talking to somebody consistently, but of course there's no label because you're just hooking up. And the expectation is how could you expect me to be loyal to you when there is no title? We didn't talk about it, there's no commitment. Maybe we've hooked up three times, four times, five times, 20 times, but I'm still free, right? And I think I've experienced that a couple times with guys where they feel like since nothing has been discussed, there is you shouldn't have an expectation of having anything more with them. Which, listen, as I've grown through the years, I kind of agree with that. I can see how not discussing anything means okay well we didn't talk about it so why would you expect that sure but there was also no discussion of the opposite so there was no discussion on his end of oh we're hooking up but I don't want anything more so don't expect anything more and I think lack of communication on both sides is what ends up making this confusing confusing situation where and I'm going to talk from the girl's perspective because I have like my personal experiences and that of my friends to pull from but I feel like many times girls feel like they will be talking to a guy hooking up with him spending the night with him all the time basically acting as if they're together and then the guy is like okay well there's no title why would you expect me to be loyal to you why would you expect me to have a certain level of respect for you to not do things with other people when we never discussed it or Maybe like there's been times where myself has been okay with not having the label where I'm like, hey, this is what it is. I don't need the obligation to you. So that's great. But at the end of the day, I'm still like, I personally don't have time besides school and work and seeing you to be seeing another guy on the side too. But guys will see it as like, okay, we're together, but not together. But maybe putting you at risk because they're not telling you that they're sleeping with somebody perhaps without protection or sleeping with somebody that you know that can hurt your feelings so this is going to go into why 
I think friendships can also be toxic within hookup culture because I remember my freshman year, I came up to college and I had had a boyfriend while I was in high school for two years, but we broke up because I was going to school and I started talking to this guy and I really liked him, thought he was the bee's knees. I was really into him and him and I were talking for maybe a couple months and it was like... I don't know. There was like, we would have turmoil sometimes, but ultimately my mentality was coming from having been in a relationship. So even though I wasn't seeking a relationship with him per se, my mindset was like, okay, I'm talking to him. We're seeing each other. I wasn't really talking to anybody else. I remember having this weird feeling that, and I knew he was talking to this other girl. So that he was pretty transparent about. She knew that he was talking to me too. So we both kind of knew he was talking to the both of us. And it was kind of like, a, I had this like, you do you, I'm going to do me. Let's see what happens. But then one day I was having a weird feeling because I was seeing him interact with a friend of mine, right? There was a group of us that were friends. And this girl was in our friend group. She was actually roommates with one of my best friends. So her and I spent a lot of time together. We would see each other. We would eat together. We would go out together. We would like do homework together by proxy just because I'm spending time with her roommate. So she would be there and we would talk about a whole lot of things. And I was seeing his interaction with her and I was like, this is weird. This is very suspicious. And I kind of pride myself on my intuition. I think when... I call it like a sixth sense. Like I know some people say they have a sixth sense, but I really do feel like I will feel something is off and then come to find out a week later or a day later or a month later, I was completely right in what I was thinking. So I just had a weird feeling, but I was like, you know what? Like she would never do something like that to me. Like we see each other every day. She's in my friend group, we're friends. We're not like acquaintances, like, no, we're friends. We're hanging out, we're borrowing each other's clothes. Like we're doing all of that. So I was like, nah, like it's no big deal. And also he wouldn't do that to me. I'm not just gonna put blame on her because this is also on him. He knows we're friends. Like he knew we were in the same friend group. So then like a week later, I'm in her room. I'm hanging out with her roommate and she's like, Carla, I need to tell you something. And I knew right then, I was like, I know she's gonna tell me some fucking bullshit about this. Like, what else will she have to tell me that's so serious that she like needs to prep me for what she's gonna tell me? So I already know in my head she's gonna say that. And then she says, me and the guy that I was talking to hooked up last night. And I, I literally saw red. I just walked out of the room for a second. I was like, you know what? If I stay in here, I don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I walk out. I go to my other friend's room and I'm telling her, or there was like a group of friends there because we were actually about to go out somewhere. And I'm telling them what happened. And I'm like, we can't fuck with her anymore. Like, fuck that. Like, she knows I was talking to him and only him. People knew I liked him. All my friends knew I liked him. It was a known thing. And... They were also like, yeah, we can't fuck with her. Like, I can't believe she would do that to you. My other one, like one of my other friends ended up storming back in the room and saying all types of shit to her. 
about not being a good friend for that. And then I went to him, obviously. Like, we ended up going out. And I saw him. We were at, like, a parking lot party. And I cursed him out in the parking lot. I was just so angry because I had never experienced that type of, like, sneaky, sus, like, plotting type of type of thing before like I was like okay like him and I aren't together if he hooks up with another girl that's no big deal like maybe I'll be a little salty maybe I'll be a little hurt but you know it's whatever like he can do what he wants that other girl can do what she wants but for it to have been a friend that I was relatively close with on her part and on his part I thought that was so fucked up. And then I remember talking to him about it and he was like, well, we're not together. And I was like, okay, so like you could have slept with anybody else. That, then I wouldn't have even had a conversation with you about it. The whole reason it's a problem is because it was one of my friends. So I remember experiencing that and being like, these guys really think we should have no expectation of them. Like, we should have the bar so low that anything that they do isn't like a disappointment. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think hookup culture has made that a thing where like even friends are willing to kind of like be like, well, I'll risk the friendship just for a hookup, you know? And like if she had come to me and been like, hey, him and I both think we have these crazy strong feelings for each other, like we need to explore it. I would have been upset. I would have been salty, but I would have been like, okay, like, I'm not going to keep talking to him if you think you have feelings for him. And if he agrees with that, if he, if on his end, he has more feelings for you than he ever would with me, why would I do that? But it was just sly, sneaky, like, anyway, goes to say her and I were not friends again for quite a while. And then since she was my best friend's roommate, after a while, I started to see her again. And then we became cool again um, by, like, the middle to end of freshman year but it's like once somebody does that you never fully trust them like that is the same again like I never really brought people that I was seeing around her like right after that guy I started seeing somebody else who I was seeing for a while and he went to a different school and I never brought him to the dorm I think I actually brought him once but I just didn't want anybody to like meet him and be able to potentially mess up something good that I had, you know? So her and I became cool after that. A year later, she was like, she seemed like a changed person. She completely bettered herself. But at the time it was like, how much does like anybody really care, like matter to you if you're going to be doing this? Anyway, like men's ability to just be like, well, you shouldn't have an expectation because we're not together astronomical it's outstanding they their audacity is insane and I think it's kind of hypocritical because they have this expectation that you shouldn't have an expectation but then at the same time when it comes to hanging out with a guy or seeing a guy that maybe you've been talking to for a little bit or maybe you even hung out with in a group or seen at a party when it comes time to hang out with him in private they want to have the expectation that you are going to sleep with them. Because there have been countless times that I had gone 
to hang out with a guy. It's our first time. And I'm thinking, oh, we're just going to eat something. We're going to watch a movie. And they initiate wanting to have sex. And the times that I wanted to, I did it. The times that I didn't want to, I told them no. And we didn't do it. But it's like I started to realize like, oh, they just expect that because we're alone, we're going to do it. So unfortunately, I had to start telling them ahead of time if I didn't want to have sex. And they were like, oh, come over tonight. Like, I'm going to make dinner. Like, do you want to come watch a show or do you want to play some games or something? I would let them know ahead of time. Like, sure, I'll go, but I don't want to have sex or I'll go, but I'm not going to spend the night. And I had to start letting them know and they would like get salty and be like, do you think that's all I want? Do you think that's all I'm trying to have you come do? And it's like, but like, yes, it is. Like you're covering your ass now, but yes, that's all you want me there for. And sometimes I would even say that and then I would get there and they would like initiate the beginnings of wanting to have sex. And I'd be like, I told you I didn't want to. And he'd be like, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then wouldn't do anything, but it's like, I would have to give warning ahead of time. And then in some cases, they would disregard that warning, like, and then wait for me to verbally say it to them for them to actually take it serious. And for me, that's like, it's sad that we even have to give them a heads up. Like, are you kidding? Your expectation should be that I don't want to unless I initiate it or I may want to I may not but as soon as you see the beginning signs that I'm not interested in doing that like maybe I'm not kissing up on you maybe I'm not touching you like that there's no reason to try like you can see me again next week or we can have a conversation about it over text like when I leave be like oh hey I wanted you to sleep over so we could do this this and that and then we can talk about if my response would be like, oh yeah, I was down to do that too. Next time I come over, we'll see what's good. Or like, oh no, I wasn't interested in that today. But there's just the expectation that because you're alone with them, you're going to do something. And, or even just like, because you're alone with them, you're going to be like cuddling and touchy. Like maybe I want to spend time with you and watch a movie and be in your company, but I don't necessarily want to be caressed. Like, even if you completely understand that I don't want to have sex, like, maybe I just don't want physical touch. Sometimes I'm just not feeling it. But I do think hookup culture does have its pros where it does allow for kind of finding yourself. Like I said earlier, I was in a two-year relationship while I was in high school. So this was the first time I was single and, like, actually ready to mingle. Because I got in that relationship when I was... 15 so before that I wasn't going out I wasn't doing anything now I was almost 20 and going out and in college so that allowed me to definitely explore things about myself explore new people I grew up in upstate New York where the school maybe had like six black people in my grade total out of 200 people graduating so the pool of diversity was small So when I came to college, it was like a lot of people from New York City were in the area and all over the country, but there was a lot of people from New York City. So that meant a big pool of black men for me, a big pool of Hispanic men. There was white men, of course. Um, But my cup of tea happened to be Hispanic men because I grew up speaking Spanish at home. 
with my mom and it was nice to be able to be with people that we could speak in Spanish with each other and kind of like flip-flop between it and to be around that culture definitely made me feel like oh this is right like this is this feels right for like who I am for my culture versus being in a school with mostly white people where I didn't really speak Spanish to any students you know like unless I was in Spanish class and I was like answering a question which even then I would just skip Spanish class because I didn't want to go it finally felt like I was like in a good environment so I enjoyed my Spanish men specifically my Dominicans they were my favorite even though Dominican men are toxic like you can look it up I'm not making it up it's a thing they are and I'm not saying all all of them but a lot of them are but it was still fun and that's what made hookup culture kind of enjoyable for that period of time when I first came to college because it was like okay I can explore different things without any obligation to anybody so after that little hiccup with my friend and the guy that I first started talking to I was like you know what I'm just gonna do my thing I'm gonna enjoy myself and I'm not gonna have any expectations for these people but they should have none of me but what I ended up realizing was that during college men like to sleep around be with different people but just because I've been with a couple that's a problem and that made me realize that there's this hypocrisy and we already knew the whole saying of like men are praised for being with many people and women are called sluts for being with many people but I realized how like how intense it got because I had met I had met men that had been with upwards of 30 40 50 people and I who had been with a couple was being like they would be like oh like I heard you talk to my friend and it's like okay I talked to him I didn't sleep with him maybe I didn't even hang out with him but what what does that matter to you like you're known for having been with 50 people, but just because I talked to somebody that your acquaintances with, that's a problem. Make it make sense. Like I've seen you walk out of five different girls' dorm rooms on campus, but your friend told you that I talked to his friend's cousin and that's a problem. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like how do they expect themselves to be with multiple different people every single weekend but then women what we're supposed to have our one person like we come into college meet one person just stick with them the whole time that that logic just doesn't just doesn't make sense if you yourself are going around to different people how could you expect women to be with one person if the guy they're going to talk to may go around and be with different people too obviously I'm not going to want to see him anymore obviously we're going to start to look for somebody else who's going to respect us differently so that by default means we're going to be with different people. <sighs> it gets me kind of heated. No, not kind of. It gets me very heated because the double standard is just, it's just not reasonable. It's not logical if you really think about the numbers. If somebody has been with 30 different women, all of those women already probably don't fuck with him anymore 
because he left them to go to go be with another woman. So by default, those women are have already been with somebody else who may have done the same thing. So now that means starting all over again and finding somebody else. So it's like it's not even our fault. We've talked to different guys. It's the guy's fault because they can't even be respectful enough to make us want to stay in that situation. But I remember my freshman year was when I had my most fun, like my most fun in terms of like hooking up and sexually. But and I do have to admit it was very liberating. And I know hookup culture can be liberating to women because it's like you don't owe anybody anything. It's empowering to be able to like I'm not in my dorm room or at home waiting on anybody to come home to me. I'm not waiting at home waiting to be the booty call. Like I'm going out there and making shit happen for myself. But I remember by the end of freshman year, I just didn't want to do that anymore. I was like, you know what? I could find somebody to like settle down with, whether it's we're dating or him and I have a very clear understanding that we're only seeing each other. Even if there's no label, I'm open to that. But I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it anymore. So I remember at the end of freshman year, like school ended. And then when I came back in the fall, I started talking to somebody who him and I ended up dating. And I think hookup culture is beautiful in the way that you can be hooking up with somebody for an extended period of time. And that blossoms into a relationship because the more time you spend together, it's like, okay, I'm not just into you physically looks wise and sexually, but I'm into our conversations. I'm into who you are as a person. And actually, now that I think about it, all my relationships have turned into relationships because I was talking to the person first and then we started hooking up with each other. And then we started dating. That's crazy. I think there was one relationship, my previous relationship that began because he he took me out like he like took me out on dates and was doing things like that but while we were going on dates then we started hooking up and then we put a label on it but that was the only one that started with like going out like that although it has its pros in terms of now like I don't have to start a relationship with somebody and be like okay now we have to figure out what sex is like do you know what I mean we already know what that's like it also can lose some magic to it because there's no like waiting and excitement and I think that's when at the end of my freshman year was when I started to be like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna just like pause you know what I mean I'm not gonna be like talking to people and seeing what's out there and just like entertaining my roster and like even if I had a roster it does not mean I was hanging out with all of them and sleeping with them, but it was a roster of people that I would rotate talking to. And there was maybe one that I was actually sleeping with and spending my time with. But like, as soon as he did something and got out of line, like he would be out and the next one would be up. It's like, it's your lucky day. You've moved up to number one spot. And that's fun and everything. But after a while, I just didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. But I have a very interesting quote it's from lisa wade she's a sociology professor and she says when students arrive on campus they don't just encounter the opportunity to hook up they are also immersed in a culture that endorses and facilitates hookups ceding to or resisting that culture then becomes part of their everyday lives and when i read this i was like that is so 
true like the simple act of me having to warn somebody before I go hang out with them that I don't want to sleep with them is part of that immersion of the culture where I know what they're expecting so I need to let them know to get rid of that expectation or going out to a bar on the flip side and being like I know I want to hook up with somebody tonight or I want I know I want to go see this guy after I go to the bar or after I go to a party so I'm gonna make sure that I like text him now and we make a plan to link up later like hookup culture becomes part of college culture just because you are so immersed in it and I had even seen with friends like they would be like okay I know I want to see this guy tonight so like beforehand they intentionally like shave make everything nice like because they know in three hours they're going to be going to this guy's house and like whether it happens or not they were prepared to go hook up with this person or they were prepared that this person would may want them to come over maybe they don't end up going over there but it's the thought of like oh I saw him last weekend and the weekend before so he may hit me up this weekend so I'm going to be prepared I feel like this lack of expectation also causes the end of the relationship to have a whole or let's not call it relationship the end of the situationship have a spectrum of the way it ends so it can be ghosting which is complete completely just like cutting somebody off not talking to them again or it can be like ghosting but then dabbling here and there like hey how are you blah blah blah, talking for a minute and then ghosting again instead of facing like okay I don't want to see this person anymore instead of actively sitting them down and telling them okay like seeing you has been great but this isn't for me like I think we need to see other people which I think is the right thing to do instead it's like okay why owe this person nothing because I haven't put a label on it there's no commitment there so I'm just never going to talk to them again. And then there is also like what I think is kind of like gaslighting and icing somebody out where instead of telling them what's actually going on and being like, you know, I think our time is up. I'm not really feeling it like that. Them giving excuses. So being like, we can't be together anymore because I don't have time or because I'm too stressed or a myriad of reasons that don't have anything to do with the relationship because because you don't have time okay you may tell the person that but the person may be like okay I don't need a lot of your time like I'll happily see you once a week for two hours and live the rest of my life maybe that other person's super busy as well so the gaslighting is like giving excuses that don't pertain to the relationship that if you actually cared about the situation you're in you may be like okay I'm very busy right now but let's still see each other we'll try to make it work when we can because that person may see a future so they're willing for the next like three four five months to see you sparingly but to keep the relationship going but you know they're icing you out when they're giving you excuses and no matter what solutions to the excuses you give them they're still like no, I don't have time. Okay, but I'll see you once a week. No, I don't have time. Okay, I'll see you once a month or we can just text or we can FaceTime here and there. Nope, don't have time. That is that they wanted the relationship to end, but they can't admit to you they wanted the relationship to end. And then there's also the simmering out where maybe you're seeing each other every weekend or multiple times a week and it goes from multiple times a week to 
like a couple times a week, then once a week. And then one weekend they're like, oh, I can't this weekend. And then they may see you the next weekend. And it's just slowly reducing contact and communication to the point where maybe they hope that the other party in the situation will be like, hey, I never see you. I'm going to start seeing somebody else. Or maybe to the point where it just simmers out completely and both parties are like, just stop talking completely. And I personally think the best method is just like sitting somebody down and letting them know what's up. And like, granted, if it's somebody you've maybe talked to for a week or two and only hooked up with once or twice, that is a situation where you can simmer it out because it's not even like you had extreme contact with each other anyway. So going from having seen each other twice to not at all isn't a big deal. It may not even phase the other person. But going from seeing somebody for months all the time and trying to simmer that out or ghosting somebody in a relationship that you've been with for a while, that is where I think an explanation is necessary. Don't even get me started on the toxicity of friend pairs when it comes to hooking up and hanging out. I remember one of my close friends and I actually met this group of guys and we hung out in a group the first time we hung out, but I remember when we left, she was like, oh my God, he's so cute, like talking about one of the guys. And she's like, I think I wanna go back and see him. And I was like, oh, that's funny you say that. Like his friend, I also thought was cute, so maybe we can go hang out together. So what we did was we planned a day where her and I went to their apartment together and we both hung out with them, did our thing, and then left together, which I thought was the perfect scenario. Now. After I had seen him that one time, I wasn't feeling it. Like, I did not want to see him again. It just wasn't for me. Like, the sex wasn't good. I felt like we barely even talked. So there was no reason for me to go back and, like, what, not enjoy myself. But she wanted to go back to keep seeing this guy. So I remember another time she was like, Carla, go, like, can you come with me again? And I was like, no, like, I don't think so. I don't really want to. And she was like, please, like, you don't have to sleep with him if you don't want to. So I was like, you're right. Like, I'll go, but I'll just talk to him. So that's what him and I did. We just chilled, watched a show while she was hanging out with the with the friend. But while I was hanging out there, I was like, oh, the conversation is terrible. I don't even want to hang out with this person, like, and be having a conversation. It's not that interesting. Like, he's super dry and, like, ditzy. It's not for me. So I remember then there was another time that she she was like, okay, I want to go back. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, no, like I had already been there the first time, didn't enjoy myself. The second time, the conversation was not good. I'm not going a third time. Like, even though I love you, I'm not going to go. And she had told the guy that she was talking to, like, Kyla doesn't want to come hang out with him. And he said, if Carla doesn't come to hang out with him, you can't come either. Like, wh- why do you need the both of us? Like, she wants to go see you. She wants to go see you. Me going has absolutely nothing to do, like, whether your friend hangs out with me or not, has nothing to do with you. If you want to see my friend, let her come over and you can see her. Why do I have to go and have a terrible time? Needless to say, I didn't go. I think she did end up seeing him, not that night, but like a couple times after that night. But after that, that also simmered out anyway it was just 
it was just a funny little situation because I remember being like so like if I don't see your friend she can't see you why is that a factor and I am sure if it was the opposite way around it would have been the same so if I was trying to see my guy and I was like she doesn't want to come he would have been like okay you can't come unless she comes over to see him it's like stop trying to put your bro on like the girl may not want to be put onto him. Just leave her alone. So overall, I do think hookup culture does allow for empowerment for women because this isn't a time period like 40 years ago where maybe you don't really like sleep with people unless you're dating or 100 years ago where you don't even like kiss somebody until you're like about to get married. But I do think it has a long way to go. Like the whole hypocrisy of the whole the hypocrisy and the double standard of women versus men in terms of who they sleep with and body count and how many people they've dated and how many people they've kissed or talked to that needs to improve because men can't be allowed to talk to multiple women at the same time be sleeping with all of them, hook up with people in the same friend group. But then when a woman does it, it's a problem. Or when a woman does a fraction of what that is, it's a problem. And I think the expectations need to be more realistic. Like, just because a girl goes to hang out with you doesn't mean she wants to sleep with you. Like, every girl does not want to sleep with you. And may want to sleep with you in the future, but probably doesn't want to sleep with you right now. She may. But I think the expectations need to be more realistic but at the same time there needs to be more respect in terms of yes although there's no expectation in the relationship specifically and nobody technically owes each other anything there should be enough respect where it's like okay I talked to her for a couple months I'm not gonna sleep with her friend (laughs) I talked to her for a couple months if I sleep with somebody else I'm gonna use protection I'm going to make sure it's somebody where it doesn't hurt her feelings. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Taking on Your 20s. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, comment your thoughts, comment any questions you have or like topics for other episodes. If you're listening on Apple Music or Spotify or something like that, please subscribe if you want to go watch instead. The YouTube is Taking On Your 20s, and you can follow us on Instagram at Taking On Your 20s as well. That's it for today's episode. See you next week.